Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I look at that picture, and we were just innocently trying to show the audience this crooked wall that was built outside of our newsroom. Yeah. It's just a very, it's not level, it's just funny, you know, and and, and people were asking for the picture, so we're like, well, might as well put the picture out. And Mikey B goes, takes a picture, and there's a shadow that is in this picture. That it looks like someone who is very well endowed. I mean, it, it, it is it is perfect. Like you couldn't, like Da Vinci couldn't draw one of these no, things better I, than that. That's amazing. And we have gotten mm-hmm. now, and it's at Gio and Jones on Twitter. It's pinned at the top. G I O and Jones pinned at the top of the profile. This has gotten <laughs> this has gotten more reaction. For people retweeting it, responding to it, liking it than we've had in probably anything in what six months. I mean, it's it's a it's a miracle. It just tells you what type of listeners we have. It's an October miracle. We love y'all. And Mike went back out there to see if it was just there all the time, and he said the lighting's different. It's like this was a once in a lifetime moment. It was it was supposed to happen. It's black. No. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Chances are. Chances are good. Oh, you got to see it if you haven't oh, seen it yet. Man. I mean, it is. It's that good. <laughs> yeah, someone was cock a doodle doodle. Man. Are you going to be able to recover, man? Come on. <laughs> hour left, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no more picture taking, all right? I'll be fine. I just this, this this thing that needs that damn wall. This, That's the wall that keeps on giving, yeah. man. Well, this thing needs the proper attention. That that I mean, this definitely. I mean, look at all these people that are that are are following us now and and responding hmm. to this. This is great. So anyway, go to uh, at G O and Jones on Twitter. G I O and Jones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I said it this morning. I am sticking by it. It was two hours ago. I have not changed my mind. Uh-oh. Last night. You're doubling down. La- yes, I am. Last night convinced me that the Chicago Cubs are going to come back from a 3-0 deficit in this series and win the series. And there's reasons why. In a situation like the Cubs are in, you need a lot of things to happen. One of those things you need to happen is that moment that you point back to that says... That was it. That's what got us started. And you had that moment last night in the game when Joe Madden gets thrown out. Now, the Cubs were winning at that point, so it wasn't like a comeback moment. But it's a Curtis Granderson at bat. Yasiel Puig's the tying run on first base. Got Wade Davis in the game. Wade Davis strikes out wait, Curtis Granderson. Oh, Wade came in a little early in this one. Okay, yeah. Right, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go and get a, a six-out save yeah. yeah, when your backs are against the wall. He strikes out Curtis Granderson. Curtis Granderson says, no, 
I fouled that ball off. I got a piece of that ball. And the umpires convene. They overturn it. They call it foul. So at that point, Joe Madden loses his mind. (laughs) Comes running out of the dugout and starts screaming at the umpires. Gets tossed. He said that he was definitely going to end up getting tossed. There was no two ways about it. And we'll play this audio again. This is this is him on his reaction to the call. It was not a good explanation. I mean, listen, I'm listen. I'm all about the umpires. First of all, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and bang on umpires. I, and I love a lot of guys on this crew. I've known them for a long time. But that can't happen. That the process was horrible uh, to have that change. And if Granderson hits the next pitch out, you know, I might come running out of the clubhouse. And on my jock strap. I mean, that was like really that bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I almost wish he would have hit a home run because that would have been one hell of a visual. Uh, to see. <laughs> All right. So you got your moment, your rallying moment. The Cubs go on to win the game. Madden goes crazy. All right. You've got that. You also need two participants in this. And the reason why these two participants are perfect is the Cubs have that thing about them. Yeah. We saw it last year. Down 3-1 in the World Series. Coming back against all the ghosts and all the the, the goat stuff that they had to go through. They come back with a 3-1 deficit. One of the great Game 7s we've seen in World Series history. You also need the Dodgers to fall apart. And we've already seen the Dodgers be unbeatable yep. to the most beatable team in right. the league. They're very streaky. Could this be the start of another streak? You also need guys who are choke artists in the postseason. Clayton Kershaw, sorry, he's a choke artist in the postseason. He is not himself in the postseason, juxtaposed to the regular season. You also need a little bit of the magic that happens in these things. Dave Roberts, the catalyst for the Boston Red Sox, who stole that base. Stole that damn base. In game four of the 2004. And uh, ALCS, where the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees. He is now the manager of the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And what did he say? He tempt fate by saying that it's never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. It's not not possible, what he said. Can't happen in today's game. So, Mm -hmm. all the ingredients are there. Mix it up. Mix it up. Serve it to the people. Yeah. (laughs) Slap it up. The Chicago Cubs are going to the World Series. Go, Cubs, go! Go, Cubs, go! Hey, Chicago, what do you say? I asked you before. Are you with me? You said no. I'm asking you again. Pete, crank it. Brian Jones. Am I fighting this battle by myself? Or are you with me that the Chicago Cubs will indeed win three straight more games and go to the World Series? No! Damn you. I thought I was pretty convincing there. Oh, it was very convincing, and I even assisted you, yeah, you with did. the comments from Dave Roberts. Yeah, you did. All right, well. You don't tempt Fate, man. I'm Leave feeling, it alone. I'm feeling good about it, man. Come on, Dave Robert. Feeling good about it. It'll never happen again. I'm feeling really good about it. It was a confluence of all these different events that happened then in 2004. Wouldn't it be they s- can't come together again. Wouldn't it be something if it was Cubs-Astros? Oh, shut up. Wouldn't that be something be else? Be quiet, man. Ha-ha. <laughs>
Go stare at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) What if they came back after the Yankees won three straight and both these teams that were left for dead fight back to get to the World Series and a championship will be crowned? Well, the Astros do look like they're done. That's for sure. Stop! They do. They're not done. They look like it, though. Well, if the Yankees continue to pitch in the manner they're pitching, ERA for the starting pitching is about two right now. And Severino was going pretty good in uh, game two until he was taken out of the ball. And he still lost that one two to one because Gary Sanchez couldn't catch the ball to play. But anyway, uh, if they continue to pitch, the starters, and the starters have been lights out, man. They were averaging about four or five innings at a certain part of the season. Uh, right there in the middle of the dog days of summer, and and they are definitely uh, definitely picked up uh, their game. Maybe some of them could talk to Dylan Patanza because we may need him at some point in these next two ball games. But uh, the starting pitching has been outstanding for the Yankees, and no one, everyone was talking about the bullpen, not necessarily the starting pitching going into this series, even going into the the uh, the ALDS with Cleveland. It was all about the, all the hype was about the bullpen, a uh, bullpen, and, and deservedly so, and not about the starting pitching. But starting pitching has served notice that hey, we can ball. Yeah, Tanaka amazing last night. There's no doubt, and I don't think that the Astros are done because I think they're going to win on Friday night with Verlander on the mound. I think he's going to go as long as humanly possible in that game. He's going to throw about 140 pitches, and he's going to be great. And I think that the Astros win, and I like the Yankees in a Game 7 in Houston, having won an elimination game on the road already with C.C. Sabathia on the mound. I think he does it again. And and you'll have Cubs and Yankees in the World Series after the Cubs mm. come back and uh, do what they do because uh, the Dodgers are going down. Okay. Yeah, but the, the Yankees right now, they, they look like, I mean, the Dodgers, of course, up until the loss last night, it's hard to argue against them. But the Yankees are more impressive to me because this wasn't supposed to be happening. I mean, the Cleveland Indians were supposed to be the best team in the American League. They dispatched to them, and they end up winning three straight. And now you've got this situation here where the Yankees again have won three straight. Now, they're much better at home than they are on the road. They haven't – I mean, they they don't lose at home. And they haven't went on the road, and that was to close out the ALDS. Right. So – and they've lost four games – they're what? What one in four on the road, and they are they won four, five and zero at home. Yeah. So I mean that that's something to to worry about a little bit. But you six and zero at home. Six and zero. Well, they won the wild card game. At six home. and zero. Right. Six and zero at home. Five, yeah, six and zero because they won three straight at home here. Six and zero at home, and one and four, one and four on the road. So you have to concern yourself with that. But all you need is one there in Houston. Just one, Houston. baby. So I just give me one, dog. Feel pretty good. About that, there, there's no doubt. So, I mean, you just said that. You said that you feel pretty good about the Yankees win one of the next two. I did. I said it several times. There. No, I was just I was the Astros, confirming what you yeah, said Astros, because you said Verlander Verland, will win tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to win Game Six. You going down? And no. then Game Seven, the Yankees are going to win. Just and they're like going to go to the World no, Series. It's ending tomorrow. And that just was like Keiko, uh, my, my Astro buddy, Rocket Man, text me, George. My reply to you was. Keiko is old and ass whipping by the Yankees. What did he get? <laughs> An ass whipping. Yeah, yeah, he did. I guess that's Verlander's what... old. Verlander's yeah, old but... one, not just for what he did in Game right. Two, but his days back with the Detroit Tigers. You having a tough time with Verlander today? Verlander. There you go. Zoolander. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... deserves one too. <laughs> and that's something we spent a lot of time on 
in the start of the show, at the start of the show, but Dallas Keuchel's ability to shut down the Yankees and how you thought it might happen again, and, and, and here they were adjusting. And I don't think the Keuchel was bad. I just think that the Yankees were able to do more with him than they normally do. I don't think that Keuchel was missing a ton of spots. I think that their approach to the plate was better. And they said it. They said they got to make this guy throw strikes. We're not going to let him get away with this stuff. We're not going to bail him out with stuff away from the plate. And that's how we're going to attack him. And they right. did. Right. So. Don't, don't expand the strike zone. Don't assist him in his efforts to strike you out. You saw some of that early on. He got Judge early. He got Sanchez. And I think he had three or four uh, straight strikeouts. And then they were able to get to him starting with Castro. And, and you get into that bullpen. And, and, and you know, they took advantage. We got one run uh, there. Uh, with the home run by Sanchez. So uh, you're right, uh, Keiko, man. If it's low, let it go. And Verlander, you know, he's going to bring a little bit more heat than Keiko does, but he has some some breaking ball capabilities as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see if it's more of a fair fight in this one than it was in the, the last time the Yankees hooked up against uh, Verlander. What do you think about the Fox pre- and post-game show with Kevin Burkhardt, who is a friend? I like Kevin a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, A-Rod... Big Poppy, Keith Hernandez, and Frank Thomas. I can't say I've sat there and watched it intently for a serious amount of time. It's just all right. Maybe maybe too many personalities up there. Too many yeah. guys who are similar. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like it. I've I've made that decision. Mm-hmm. I've watched enough now to say that I I, I don't like it. Now A Rod is is really good. He's definitely good, but there's there's too many guys, and they just they go like right down the line every time, and it's just it's so formulaic. Like it's like A Rod yeah. talks, then Ortiz talks, yeah, then Keith talks, then Frank talks, and they and and it's just very very they spew out a lot of cliches and a lot of obvious things, and and Keith, who is one of my favorite people, uh, Keith Hernandez, I absolutely adore this guy. He's, you know, he has a house out in Sag Harbor on Long Island, and like he bolts out of the games when he calls the Mets games and wants just wants to get home. You know, I asked him, you know, why you do that drive so much when you could be relaxing. He goes, I have the money. You know, I mean, that's what he. He's just the man. He's one mm-hmm. of my favorite Mets, mm-hmm. but he seems uncomfortable up there. He seems like he's he's nervous about it. Like he really wants to do a good job because it's an opportunity there and he does he's not being himself. He's he's relying on a lot of notes that he has. He's sort of speeding through things. He doesn't know when to talk. It's very Well, they just got together. These guys have gotten together now for what the last week or so and you would think he would be able to carve out when to speak and how to speak and you would think he'd be himself uh and and, and especially a, a gentleman uh, that age and as long as he's been doing this, uh, initially, yeah, with all those different guys there, uh, you have to find uh, a way to to impart yourself uh, as far as the conversation goes, and and they should have ironed that out by now. But there's a lot of laughing and having fun, which is part of it. But I've I've gathered some uh, some good information. Uh, we talked about it last week when when Big Poppy was talking about how does Judge get out of his slump? Well, you've got to get some guys on base in front of him. That way he'll see some different pitches, and that came to fruition. So they, they are uh, conveying some some good knowledge as far as how they approach certain pitchers and, and went about their Hall of Fame careers. Uh, that That's good, you know. but some of it is uh, 
when I have paid attention, you know, some of the stuff is overkill, what they're doing. You A-Rod with the ring. Okay, we get it. You, we're done with you showing off your World Series ring with the Yankees and, and putting it in, putting it in, in front of uh, Big Poppy. Yeah, um, that, that's a gimmick that's, that's gone old. And, and they, when they all stand around holding the bat like, and they're just loitering with the bat, it's just so annoying to me. It's like they're all, they all have their own bat and they're all like loitering and <laughs> stepping forward and stepping back and then pretending to swing and not pretending to swing. If I was in charge of that show and hiring, I would have a hitter, a pitcher, and a manager. That's what I would have. I wouldn't have four of the yeah. same damn guys. Yes. Because that's what they have. Right. So, and then you go, it, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, the NFL today has done a nice job with that, right? Like, yeah, they've got Phil and Boomer, which are similar to two, you know, quarterbacks. quarterbacks, but you've got Nate Burleson, who's a young guy who's a wide receiver. You've got a coach there. In, Former in, linebacker. Right. In, 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 in Bill Cowher. In Bill Cowher. So, I mean, there's just, there's different ways to, to, to build those things, and I, I yeah. don't think that they did it the right way. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You uh, you got some pain. Yeah, and you've been taking some stuff, so you don't have yep. some pain. See, you good. Yeah, that's why you my sidekick right yeah. there, man. Yeah. Uh huh. He's Batman. I'm Robin. There it is. Yeah. Here's the deal, folks. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes. Not at all. It's for anyone struggling with pain. Yes, athletes, but also yes for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. Can't guarantee it will work, but here's a tip. Almost 80% of people who order the three-week quick start for only $19.95 go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And it's 100% drug-free. Honestly, if lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, then you must not be in much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. I'm pleased to announce that for all of October, the owners of Relief Factor are donating $5 of each $19.95 three-week quick start to children in need. So help them out and help your pain out. Get rid of it. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. We've got Bill Ryder of CBS Sports Radio and CBSSports.com joining us in just a couple of minutes. His show, Writer Than You, airs at 6 p.m. Eastern time right here on this very network. I'm writer than you. No, you're not. <laughs> He's apparently a really nice guy. He's got a very condescending name to the show. You know? It's odd. I'm writer than you. So we've got, An- we've got Andrew Bogish. First, and then Bill Ryder after now, that. He's always right. Of course he is. Bogus. Not true. Um, this is correct, though. Game six of the ALCS is just a formality. The Yankees flying to Houston for one more win before starting the World Series next week, likely at Dodger Stadium. Astros lefty Dallas Keuchel so cute when he's blindly optimistic. We did what we had to do the first two games. They did what they had to do the, the middle games, and now we're looking to, to regroup and, and get back to Houston and do, uh, do our job. Keuchel allowed four runs over four and two-thirds in game five yesterday. Seven, three innings. Meanwhile, from Yankee starter Masahiro Tanaka, the Astros now hitting 147 in this series. That would be the lowest in LCS history. Justin Verlander and Luis Severino go through the motions on the mound tomorrow night in Houston. Then the Yankees again prep for game one of the Fall Classic Tuesday night. It's likely in L.A. 
with the Dodgers now leading the Cubs three games to one in the NLCS last year's champs, able to avoid the sweep last night. Here's the windup and the 1-1 to Baez. Drilled in the air, deep left field, down the line of it's fair, it's gone. That ball is going to be a home run. The Cubs with another home run. Javier Baez right down the line and left. Cubs lead two to nothing. That's Pat Hughes on Cubs Radio. A pair of solo shots from Javi Baez, who started the night hitless in 20 postseason at-bats. One from Wilson Contreras for a 3-2 home win. Wade Davis got the final six outs. Including... Contreras had a little bat flip there, didn't well, he? he the ball that, that, so no one's upset? Feet. No. Nah? Oh, okay. Cool. The series goes to game five. First pitch tonight shortly after 8 Eastern at Wrigley. Gordon Hayward had surgery last night for his broken leg and dislocated ankle. The Celtics yet to set a timetable for his recovery, but Hayward's agent does not expect his client to play again this season. The Celtics lost their home opener 108-100 to the Bucks. 11 games total on the first full slate of the NBA season, including the worst opening night loss in league history. 48 points, the Blazers 124 the Sun 76 in Phoenix. Mike's buddy, Devin Booker, needs a hug. We're working really hard as a team, and then we go out there and we don't compete. And just got our ass kicked from the beginning to the end. So, you know, we have to, it was a reality check for us. We got to bounce back. He sounds you. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It sounds a lot older than he looks. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Devin Booker, but uh, yeah, he's right, though. That wasn't ass kicking. Remember yeah. I said he's going to be the league's most improved player? Remember that? I did say that. Mm-hmm. I said that. That's a good call. Yeah, thanks. You stole that from me in your stupid NBA analysis. I stole day. everything from everybody. <laughs> All right, Fogish, keep it going. Uh, the Rockets down the Kings, 105-100. The Spurs held off the T-Wolves, 107-99. The Wizards outscored the Sixers, 120-115. And Jeremy Lin might have suffered mm. a major right knee injury in the fourth quarter of the Nets' 140-131 loss in Indy. Further evaluation back home today. The Dallas Morning News says there have been some settlement talks between Ezekiel Elliott's camp and the NFL. The Cowboy running back currently able to play thanks to a temporary hold on his six-game domestic violence suspension. I'm shocked at that. I mean, settlement talks. Who, who knows? It says it's impossible to gauge how serious either side is, but apparently mm-hmm. they have talked after every single legal development because each wow. one of them has had different. Bits of leverage. Right, right. Man, that is incredible. That would be. Because the incredible. NFL, usually it's like, you're going to challenge us? Well, yeah. We'll get right. you. But it's been like a ping pong ball. You know, we win, you win, we win, you win. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I mean, maybe the NFL knows a little bit that they are on some shaky ground. True. In this, and they get a couple of Well, they usually you, win, you wouldn't though. use the testimony of someone you hired to go investigate the damn thing. I would say that's pretty shaky. Thanks, Amy Dash. Uh, on the field tonight, the Chiefs and Raiders in Oakland on Thursday Night Football, 8 Eastern on taken, CBS. You know, KC has won their last five meetings, 12 straight games, uh, 12 straight wins, rather, within the AFC West. <laughs> I'm shouting you down and can't read. <laughs> Greg, I'm done. All right, Bogus. Thanks, man. <laughs> That's usually what happens when you shout me down. You lose your voice. <laughs> Andrew Bogus. Uh, joining us right now, Bill Ryder, host of Writer Than You, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on CBS Sports Radio. He also has a podcast called The Flagrant Two, so check that out. Follow him on Twitter. Bill Ryder, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guy. I'm great. I won't shout anybody down. Great to be here. Good, because you would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bill. uh, What happened to Gordon Hayward was disgusting. It It was really rough to watch. It felt for him and his teammates. But, you know, the Celtics going forward, is there enough there to... 
accomplish what they set out to accomplish at the beginning of the year? No, I, I don't think there is, uh, unless Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum become superstars overnight. And Jalen Brown looked really good in game one, and, and I think Tatum has looked really good in, in general. But, but no, I was already a little worried about their depth as it relates to trying to chase down and surpass in the postseason. The Cavaliers, yeah, you're right. It, it was gruesome. It was ugly. And also I think it does away with Danny Ainge's sort of bold gamble on this season. It's unfair, but life is unfair. They are not going to be a team that competes, I think, in the Eastern Conference in any serious way. Wow, so no picking up the pieces from that and maybe down the line uh, finding someone you can add to the mix. I don't think they have the assets to go and make the kind of move that they would need. And and no, I think Gordon Hayward was a critical piece of what they were going to do. And now you have the you run the risk of reverting back to Kyrie Irving just taking thirty five shots on a bad team. And I look, I, I got why they made the move. I thought it made sense. They were more talented, but they gave up a lot of depth to do that. I mean, Jay Crowder. Really good basketball player. Doesn't really get a lot of the credit that he should, but really good basketball player. Avery Bradley, really good basketball player. They they lost a lot of toughness and a lot of heart to become more talented. They lost those things, and they lost half their talent. I just think it's a really unfair blow, but I don't think they'll be that competitive this year. Is this new-look Cavaliers team better than what we saw last year go up against the Golden State Warriors? So not as not as certain on this one. My, my sort of immediate answer, guys, for me at least feels like a no. But I know they have LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas will be back hopefully around the new year. To me, I, I, I worry they're not as good. Derek Derek Rose old and not particularly good. Dwayne Wade just old. Kevin Love at the four. I just I don't I don't see it working. I know they have LeBron. I think LeBron may have a career year as he tries to put this team on his shoulders. Almost certainly his last year in Northeast Ohio, and I guess there's time for me to be proven wrong and for these guys to sort of figure it out and be great. But I think at least in the postseason, you need superstars, and you certainly need, especially against the Warriors, you need a lot against the Warriors. But having guys who can create their own shot and and go off and take over a game offensively is really important. They had that in Kyrie. He could do it at least a couple times in a seven-game series against a team like Golden State. Now, I guess it's it's wait and see, and they do have LeBron James, but – I worry that team, good as it will be because they have LeBron, will not be nearly as good or quite as good as they were last year. Bill, when you look at this incident there with the Bulls, does some of the blame lie with management because they were aware that this had been festering between Portis and his teammate Miritich? Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I like and I know Fred Hoiberg. I think he's a really smart guy and obviously a great collegiate coach. But this is a guy, look, I, I get it, hard to sort of step in and fill Thibodeau's shoes. And it's a very different culture, and you're going to run a different offense, and it's a different approach. But he's had trouble sort of having the respect of that locker room the way that you need in the NBA. It's a, it's a part of the job, and that's a tough transition, no matter what your background is, from successful college coach to successful NBA coach. And this is at least, at least in part, maybe large part, an extension of that, I don't think that happens in a Greg Popovich or an Eric Spolstra even or a Tom Thibodeau or a Doc Rivers locker room slash practice. So I absolutely would blame management, the coaching staff, and a culture that allows that to happen. You blame Portis because you can't, you can't punch your teammate in the face, but that doesn't happen in some, on some NBA teams. And I've covered the game enough to know that the culture you create in a locker room, it has not usually this kind of an impact, but it usually has an impact on your team and your personalities. 
Gio and Jones with Bill Ryder of Ryder Than You right here on CBS Sports Radio starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and the Flagrant 2 podcast joining us on CBS Sports Radio. Of the teams in the West that remodeled themselves in a big way, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, uh, which one of those do you believe is the most championship-like? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is is Minnesota, but maybe not this year. I mean, I, I buy them in, in the long term, and what they've done isn't sort of some hope for Hail Mary. Oklahoma City, like if we're talking about this season, I think is really interesting. I am uh, aggressively mean-spirited and doubtful to Carmelo Anthony, so you know I have to sort of get over that and, and believe that he's going to be willing to share the ball and he's going to be willing to do other things. They're just You can't have Paul George, Russell, Westbrook, and, and Melo can't all take 30 shots a game. But you have to have perimeter defenders in this league, especially against the Warriors. They have that in Paul George. You have to have shooters and guys that can stretch the floor. They certainly have that in Melo and Paul George. I think Roberson sort of not criminally underrated, but an important defensive piece now that you have those other guys. They were really good defensively last year. They can be great defensively this year. So if those guys coalesce properly, if they if they such a big if with Melo, but if they move the ball – I think they're a really interesting basketball team um, if, if everything goes the way that it could. If you took, like, the over, over, over in terms of whatever Vegas projects, which I think is 55 games for them, I think they're a really interesting basketball team. I, I know Houston beat the Warriors in that first game. I don't think it matters. I think Draymond Green is right. Houston's not going to play defense, but Oklahoma City <laughs> and maybe the people down the road I think are really interesting. Well, uh, Bill, you're, you're right, righter than all of us, but Gio was wrong, and I tried to talk him. Uh, down from this, but he he decided to start Rodney Hood last night. Oh yeah, and, my and, and Rodney came down with some gastric <laughs> issues. Uh, were you aware of the the pregame jitters that this this young man has experienced in the past? I was not, and I know a couple guys. I won't pretend to know many, but a couple guys that played in the NBA that that talked about getting sick before they would play. But the two guys that I'm thinking of who played in the league for five or six years who, you know, like a, like a performer would, would go to the bathroom and get sick, at least in our conversations, they always thought it was kind of weird. It, it only lasted uh, the rookie season, right? And they kind of they kind of figured it out like anything else. Usually radio, basketball, whatever, reps sort of, uh, sort of cure that. So, so no, it's, there's so many bizarre things going on in the world, in the world of sports. I was not aware of that. And it's a very, it's a very weird hurdle for that young man to have to clear. Bill, I'm a Knicks fan, and I was you get the free league pass uh, deal the first week of the season, so I take advantage of that before I end up having to buy it because of what we do for a living. Uh, so I'm watching it last night, and I'm watching Dennis Smith Jr. in his first game for the Dallas Mavericks, and he starts off in the first possession in alley-oop. He goes out because he turned his ankle, but he comes back. He ends up being a catalyst, and he's really good. And I think to myself, you know, there's this 19-year-old kid from France, Frankie uh, Nalikina, who I know nothing yeah. about. Um, yeah. Tell me why things are going to be okay with that draft choice, because <laughs> last, last night I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be one of those decisions that we're talking about for the next two decades, how they screwed up again. I normally wouldn't be able, without lying to you, I wouldn't be able to tell you why things are going to be okay to a Knicks fan, even yeah. though I'd like to. But I, I actually, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be really good. I mean, I think everybody sort of understands, especially with Rick Carlisle and what they do with the Mavericks. Like, he is a guy you can kind of plug in from day one. I, have, you know, I don't know a lot about Nikola because I obviously haven't seen him much, but every scout that I talked to, I talked to a GM a couple of weeks ago, um, and this guy's not a huge, not a huge Phil fan, um, they all say that he's really good. That you know, he may, it may take a while 
it may be a process, but but even non-Knicks people are really, really high on this dude and think he has a really, really bright future. And I'll say this, like, I'm brighter than nobody half the time, and I certainly was wrong on Porzingis. I was in that group that absolutely mocked the Knicks and mocked Phil Jackson for drafting Porzingis uh, a few years ago. And so the same people who told me I was wrong on Porzingis, in large part, are telling me that this young dude for the Knicks is going to be pretty good. So, I look, I, I actually think at least in that realm, in that small bucket, I think things look up for, for your team. Spurs gets a opening win versus the Timberwolves and LaMarcus Aldridge, Hook'emhorn, uh, looked a, a lot more assertive. Uh, you think he's had a, a change of his mindset over the offseason? Man, I hope so because I, I loved his game in Portland and he is just not fit in um, – he is just obviously not fit with the Spurs. I, look, he just got paid a bunch of money, just got an extension because you have to bet on talent in, in the NBA. Going back to the Knicks, you can even give Tim Hardaway Jr. $300 billion or, or whatever the money is when you have to sort of take a chance. And I think part of the reason they did that is Aldridge is, is talented. And the other is Greg Popovich believes he can always find a way to reach guys and, and to make it work. And Aldridge has his own sort of special kind of ego, and it is hard to go into the Spurs and figure it out. But, I, you know, it's one game. But, I, you know, watching that, I thought, ah, maybe maybe L.A. has sort of gotten it down and understands what it means to be a Spur. Well, to quote the cliche of Eric of, of the Sixers and Eric Spolster back in the day, trust the process because he is talented enough if he just lets himself be coached by the Spurs, the Spurs way, to be a really, really good basketball player. Yeah, but there was no Kawhi last night, and when Kawhi's not on the court, even last year, he picked up the slack and his numbers look good. It's it's fitting in when everybody's healthy. I think is going to be the bigger issue for him. And be aggressive, right? Yeah, just being just, aggressive is the man. issue, right? Yeah, like that's the issue. Or, or 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 five, like because he has looked like such a such a scared, shy freshman at the at the high school dance. It's like, bro, like you're Lamarcus Aldridge. Like, yeah, whatever you're doing, please play like a man. Yeah, man, go dunk on somebody, dog. <laughs> so come on. Yeah. Uh, Part of me wants to really like the Sixers. The other part of me wants to really hate the Sixers because they're very cocky and haven't really accomplished anything yet. Um, Is this team going to be one of these teams that really develops into something in the next couple of years, or just too many question marks that you don't believe it's going to come together? You know, so I'm always sort of an optimist, and I love love young, sort of interesting, talented teams. And my answer is I I think they will, but that's also me pretending that Joel Embiid is going to be healthy. Right, yeah. he's going to play sixty games a year. So, so if you give me a, a healthy Joel Embiid, I think they will be really, really good. Now, Markel Fultz needs to know how to shoot. Like that would be a super helpful thing, not to have that part of his game decimated. And but they played. I thought they played the Wizards really tough last night, and they looked young. and And there were moments where they didn't look particularly disciplined. They looked like what they are, but they're really really talented, and I think they can be like the T-Wolves in the last couple of years where they win 28, 29, 30 games, but you just you know at some point they're going to add a piece or they're going to figure it out and they're going to get a lot better. So assuming that Embiid is, is healthy, I think they'll be very, very good in a couple of years. Bill, where can we find your podcast? Uh, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on my Twitter at SportsWriter. Um, flagrant too, yeah. I'm on the old Google machine. All right, very good. <laughs> and you can listen to him right here on CBS Sports Radio, six to ten p.m. Eastern time. Thanks, Bill. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Bill Ryder of CBS Sports talking some NBA with us.
Okay, coming up next, they are moving the draft, and yes, it's getting even bigger than it was the last couple of years. We're coming right back. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. The NFL draft continues to move around. I used to go to it almost every year when I was younger, and it was in New York. It was at the theater at Madison Square Garden, then they moved it to the Javits Center. I went to a bunch of them in a row, maybe four or five in a row, and and had a blast when I was younger and would do things Mm -hmm. like that. I was disappointed when it it left New York because, and then went to Radio City, obviously, too. I went to a couple there. Um, But I was was disappointed when it it left New York. But I get it. I I understand. and, And watching Philadelphia last year and how they showed up and the outdoors aspect of it and how crazy that was, of course, they're going to end up building on that. They've made a big deal out of it. I mean, yesterday they have a big press conference in there saying that Dallas has been awarded the 2018 NFL draft. I mean, they've made this like a bidding process, mm-hmm. like the Olympics. Like the Super Bowl. Yeah, that too, right. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's really it's it's something. This will be the first time to be inside an NFL stadium. It's going to be at Jerry's World. It's going to sell out. It's going to be crazy. And even though I'd rather have it locally for my own selfish reasons, I think it's kind of cool that they are bringing it to different places so all sorts of fans can experience it. It yeah. seems boring, but it's not. It's actually a lot of fun to be there at yeah. the draft. I've, I've been to, to a couple radios, uh, City Music Hall, for the for the gig, of course. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's it's more intriguing and it's more – it seems like there's more uh, – drama than the NBA deal, for sure. Uh, but I've never gone to that one. But uh, this one is, is the NFL, and, of course, they're the big kahuna. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's cool that they're they're moving it around. I like that idea. That, that's one that I, I thought that they, when they first announced that they were considering that, that they should move on, and they, and they definitely did. You know, Philly last year, you've had Chicago, uh, and, and, and now Dallas, and eventually make its way out west. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, Drew Pearson. That was the best part of it last year, man. Yeah. I want to thank the Eagle fans mm-hmm. for allowing me to have a career in the NFL. <laughs> oh, right. Thank you. Well, they're going to have to do oh, God is great. an Eagle great's going to have to do that now next year at, at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Let's, who could it be? Well, nobody because they haven't had any Super Bowl wins. So. Aha. That's right. They can't have anybody that's going to taunt them. No. Who's, what eagle is going to taunt the Cowboys? Donovan McNabb. He was on the team that went to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but I mean. Yeah. Really? He's like, come on, really, Donovan? Come on. You nah, can't you do can't. it. Can't do it. No pushback. Nope. Chidi Awuze. Is that his name? Chidobi oh. Awuze. <laughs> Chidobi. <laughs> Chidobi Awuze. Chidobi Awuze. <laughs> <laughs> That's subtly my favorite part of that because, you know, reading the name, just that name is just a perfect trash-talking name. Awuze! Yeah! Awuze! In your face with Awuze! Awuze! Just let it linger on. Yeah, Awuze! You can drag it out. Awuze! <laughs> awesome. It really is amazing. That was, that was amazing. How about this uh, hug, non-hug from uh, between Brady and Belichick? I don't know. I didn't no. think it was. No. You didn't think it was a slight... 
But I mean, he. I think it was McCordy. He embraced fully. I watched it. He. There's a couple people that he that he was standing up. It was a little bit different because Brady was sitting down and sort of but, came but, up to but do he it. Stood up. So what do you think uh, about it? See, you're rubbing off on me. No, you think I don't think some... he really cares about his quarterback. Oh, it's a uh, McCordy, McCordy, and and uh, Malcolm Butler standing up. He gives McCordy the pound and in the little hug. You're, Brady, you're... just a hand. Yeah, there's a video out there. I don't know yeah. if Mike wants to tweet it out or our, mm-hmm. our freshly popular. No, no, don't tweet it out. Geo and Jones Twitter account. Just, just leave what's on there. But you don't want to tweet out because you know there's nothing there. No, no, no. There is there something there. I just want I, what's there narrow on the Twitter account is much better oh, okay. and more yeah. significant. Yeah, and check yeah. that out, by more the way. More pronounced. Geo and Jones' Twitter account. Yeah. If you missed the discussion earlier, we were talking about all the construction that's happening here. There was a wall that was placed yeah. askew. And One of my favorite words. I, I noticed it, and I said, man, that's bad. Yeah. So we took a picture of that wall. It was askew, tweeted it out, <laughs> and didn't think anything of it until someone <laughs> tweeted us back and said, are we just going to ignore that shadow? Mm-hmm. And the shadow is an exact shadow, a, a facsimile of <laughs> a, a man, yeah, a well-endowed man standing there naked. Yeah, a reasonable facsimile. It's, it's, a, it's really a, a just, male body part. It's a, but it's, you can actually see, but you can see the rest. It's like perfect. The yeah. whole thing is... Yeah. So and and it was not done by us intentionally. It was just Mm-mm. just luck. Yeah, just luck. Uh, I got the flu shot yesterday. No, you didn't. I did. I went ahead and did it. Hurt? No, it didn't hurt. It's a needle, man. So penetrating your skin, it hurts. I was all I hate needles. I you had, guys like needles? Nobody likes None. it, but, but I, mean, I mean, but it you, doesn't hurt. You, yay, do, the flu shot. Do you crawl into the fetal position before they? Poke you? I no, do. No. Hate I, needles. That's my wife says. Anyway, me. She go goes, ahead. She goes, are you nervous? I'm like, about what? Hate needles. I mean, come on. You're anyway, grown, go ahead. You're a grown man. I still hate needles. It's the first time. I could. I think it's the first time I've ever gotten it in my life, unless I got it when I was a kid and didn't have a choice. It's the first time in my adult life I've ever gotten a flu shot. And I'm mm-hmm. only doing it now for the reasons we talked about the other right. day. So I don't know. I was you all paranoid, forced. though. Yeah. I, was, I was paranoid when I first got it because I was like, this is it. I'm going to get the flu. I'm going to have a seizure. Because they make you fill out the whole... Come on, thing. man. You're a grown man. Well, yeah, but it doesn't hurt the needle. <laughs> it does thought, hurt. doesn't hurt you. It hurts me. I just thought, I thought there was going to be some sort of seizure that was going to happen in the CVS that I went to. <laughs> but it's nice. You just go right to town. A little free flu shot. Boom. That's, that's poking my, you out. That's where I had mine. That's CVS. my P- PSA for the day. Yeah, poking out. Yeah. So... So, if Pete, it's not that bad, man. Go ahead. And get, I'm get, not doing it. Get the flu shot. No. I'm not healthy, though. I'm fine today. I'm okay. Well, let's wait till tomorrow. Well, it's supposed to be bad the next day, the second day. Well, you never know. Yeah, you do. I Most people those, don't get sick. Disease in you. Mm. <laughs> I'm fine, man. It's your, all right. Your arm gets a little sore, but that's it. About didn't. It. My arm didn't get sore. Hmm. Then it falls off. I mean, yeah, I know. That's what makes me think that, like, oh, no, did they get it in there? Because my arm didn't get sore. Maybe she screwed it up, the woman. Well, you got a lot of... No, no, I don't. It's not that bad on my arms. All my fat's down here <laughs> in my torso. I wasn't going to say fat. I was just going to say you have a lot of arm. <laughs> it's really... No, I don't. I actually have really skinny arms. That's what's so weird about the way I'm built. I'm like a Mr. Fat I know I have. No, but I'm honest about it. I don't care. I'm built like a Mr. Potato Head doll. You know, I got the skinny arms, the skinny legs, the big fat torso. You know, so I don't have that much arm. I wish so I had no arm. no soreness whatsoever. No, it's good, man. Uh-huh. So good my, for you. the whole point of me bringing this up is I was afraid of the flu shot. Yeah. 
And uh, now I'm not afraid of the flu you shot. Hear you hear that, get, kids? Get, get your get, flu shot. Go and get the flu shot. I'm not doing it. All right. Well, then stay away from me. You Achoo! sick germy. Achoo! Weirdo. Thanks to Bill Ryder. Yeah. Mikey B. Silhouette. Petey Meats. <laughs> Bogish. Jock Alone. And the Ghost. <laughs> ghost Hanger. <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. G. Owen Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Kenobi, I'm losing! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.